It looks like the Leafs and Samsov have a little bit of work to do before their arbitration hearing. Also, we have a little bit of an update on the Matthews and Nylander contract negotiations and another assistant general manager joins the Leafs front office. This is the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked on Leafs podcast, your daily fix for all things Leafs. I'm your host, David Morissuti from Sportsnet. Mike DeCefano away on vacation, still enjoying the beautiful, I think he's on a beach right now in Italy. What a guy, but he's enjoying himself and uh, we still got some Leafs talk. We are a daily Maple Leaf Center podcast and as I said uh, on the last episode, we are down to three episodes a week now as we are in the full off-season swing, but we do have some Leafs talk today. Just remember, guys, that today's episode is also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $200 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash on the official sportsbook of MLB. So as I said, we do have some news, a little bit of news uh, involving Elias Samsonov. We know that the Leafs are... Uh, a few days away as I'm recording this, this is July 19th. So a lot could change between now and p- the potential hearing on Friday with the Leafs and Ilya Samsonov. And when these sort of things happen, we're seeing a lot of teams settle these arbitration uh, cases well before the hearing. Uh, the, we've been seeing smaller deals, one, two year deals. Most of them have been two year deals. So if the Leafs and Samsonov are able to come to an agreement before arbitration, it's likely going to be in that one to two year range. But right now, Ellie Friedman's uh, latest update was that the arbitration filing for Samsonov, the player is looking for $4.9 million in arbitration. The Leafs are looking for $2.4 million. So that's a $2.5 million gap between the Leafs and Samsonov. And I'm sure a lot of people, the Discord chat has been bumping, has been. Uh, Popping off with that news, a lot of people are wondering, that's that's quite a bit of a, a gap between Samsonov and the team, two and a half million dollars. It's not like it's like they're one million or one and a half. Two and a half is not, you know, it's not enough. It's nothing. It's not like it's, you know, a huge gap, but it's also not, you know, nothing. Let's just say that. Um, in a lot of these cases, it's a good thing that we, we get the sort of range that Samsonov is looking for and what the team is looking for, because a lot of times in arbitration, and I'm sure a lot of people have already said this, both sides usually mean in the middle, right? So in this case, if you're looking at the 2.4 and 4.9, you take that, you divide it in half, basically of what it's would equal to, that's about $3.65 million. Now, some have asked me, let's say this goes to arbitration and the arbiter gives, let's say they give that number or maybe closer to that 3.75 or whatever, even $4 million. The Leafs then, because Samsung was the one that elected for arbitration, the Leafs would then have the decision of whether they want to make that a one-year or two-year deal. I feel like this, and, and Elliot Freeman reported this on the NHL Network, saying that this is likely going to be a short-term deal. The Leafs are in 
going to commit long-term to Samsonov, and that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, yes, he's 26 years old, so he's not, you know, he's still relatively young, but this is somebody who's just getting himself back up as a starter, right? Like last year was a rebound year for him. Yeah, you know, signs that one year $1.8 million contract, and he had a 27, 10, and 5 record, 9, 9, 19 save percentage. So, of respectable numbers, considering what the Leafs goaltending has been like the last few years. And he established himself as a starting goaltender, but still as a, in a tandem. Let's not forget that 42 games, right? That's a that's starters' work, that's a starter's workload. But he's not in that upper echelon of like the 50, 60 games that some of these top end goaltenders are are playing right now. So when we're looking at Samsonov's arbitration case right now, yeah, he might go in and say, I'm the team's number one. And that's that's a good thing for his side. But the Leafs can also say, look, he was in a tandem last year. You know, we're, we can still potentially see the workload as more of a tandem rather than him playing. 60 games right so these are sort of things that will be talked about in arbitration he made 1.8 last year and i thought that a new deal for him obviously one he was he played above a 1.8 million dollar you know level you take that number from last year and you double it and that's obviously 3.6 million dollars that's where i think this is probably going to end up being if i had to give my prediction now between the time i record this and the time it gets out, we might already have news on what's happening with Samsonov's deal. So something to be keeping an eye on. I know the Leafs will have many decisions to make about what happens when the Samsonov deal comes about because they're going to have to make cap space to get this done. Now, because there is a, an arbitration hearing, the Leafs will then have a, and we've talked about this on the, on the podcast, that there will be a second buyout window opened up after, you know, depending on what happens with the arbitration case with Samsonov. So obviously a lot of that will look into whether the Leafs decide to buy out Matt Murray. And we've talked about this many times before of, okay, if the Leafs do decide to buy out Matt Murray, it makes sense for this year because the Leafs app hit won't cost that much, right? A buyout right now would actually... Essentially, the lease would get about would cost at least six hundred eighty-seven thousand and five hundred dollars in cap and a cap hit, but then it's a two million dollar charge the year after that. This is why I, I think they're still weighing the buyout option because that two million dollar charge, that's one to two players depending on what the Leafs do. That and that's also two million dollars less you're going to have in room for these new contracts you're going to sign for for Matthews and potentially Nylander. Now. <laughs> Funny enough, uh, Locked On Senators has been a big proponent on the Leafs doing the buyout of Matt Murray because obviously right now Matt Murray has been retained, has had some of his salary retained by the Senators, roughly in about the $2 million range, just around that. So basically the Senators would be charged 229 Like basically the Senators would save. It would make sense for the Senators to want the Leafs to buy out Matt Murray. Now, thing is, if the Leafs don't want to take that $2 million hit next year, the only other option you're going to have is to trade them to another team and add something on top of that. And I kind of discussed there are a couple of teams that could do it, Chicago being obviously the, the big one. 
um, obviously if the Leafs trade him, Murray to Chicago, it's for him to play, and it, he's a can't get bought out after the fact. Now, Elliot Friedman also brought up another good note about buying out Matt Murray. You cannot buy out a player if he's not healthy, right? So the first thing the Leafs would have to determine is if it's even possible to buy out Matt Murray. So we know that he ended the season as the backup goaltender. Whether or not he was just healthy enough to be a backup or healthy enough to start, that's something they're going to have to keep an eye on. Did Matt Murray go and have any, you know, any, we've seen teams, I don't know if you remember the Jared Cowan situation when the Leafs bought him out to save money. Um, and there was a whole thing about him being not being healthy uh, reportedly when that buyout happened and they were trying to fight it. Because obviously when you get bought out, you don't get the, you're, you're essentially the player loses out on money, right? They make one, but the buyout obviously costs helps the team save money over the over the next few years. Mary is owed $8 million in salary. But if he gets bought out, that's obviously less money that he loses money in the end. So the injury part is going to be something to keep an eye on here when it comes to the Leafs and Matt Murray. I, I do think the buyout, it's looking a little, unless it can find a team that's willing to take that, that contract, that could likely be the option there for uh, for the Leafs. All right. We're going to discuss a little bit more about contract stuff because that's main conversation here in Toronto. We have Matthews and Nylander. We're still kind of hearing crickets on what's going on with those ones. We do have a little update on what's going on with them. So I'm going to discuss that on the other side. This is the Locked On These Podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On These is brought to you by one of our top, top sponsors, and that is the FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 You can spend betting everything from the money line to over-under. Who do you think is going to hit the first home run? You can go right now. FanDuel has a bunch of NHL player props, season props, uh, whatever you're looking for for the NHL season. FanDuel's already bringing that out. And you can do it all on the app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball and the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs Podcast. It is your team every day. We are now down to three shows a week. Just a reminder for those who are listening to the show and have come, you know, those who have been here every day know that we go to three days a week in the summer because doing five shows a week during the summer, it's a little bit tougher uh, when there's not a lot of news. The Samsonov news we're still waiting for that to drop. We'll have an episode on what happens after that uh, situation is clear. Usually what happens, I forgot to mention that, if the team goes to arbitration, within 48 hours, the arbitrator then sends out the ruling. So 48 hours, in that 48-hour period, that's when it all has to get settled. And I believe once that's been done, then the team has 48 hours to make a decision. There's a, it, I've followed quite a few arbitration cases in my career. Um, 
very rarely do we see arbitration hearings get to the final stages. So it's something to definitely keep an eye on with Samsonov. I'm sure the club will do its best to ensure this is a smooth process because I don't think the Leafs are looking to move on from Samsonov at this point. Now, this obviously will have a ripple effect, especially if it's a two-year deal on what happens with the Leafs' salary cap, not only going into this season, but next season and after that, where the cap, yes, will jump up a little bit, but we know that there's big, big money set to come in for someone like Austin Matthews and William Nylander. So uh, we've heard many reports that, you know, Nylander's in that $10 million range potentially to get a deal. Elliot Friedman actually came, uh, when he was on talking about Samsonov, he also said that, the Leafs and Nylander, it feels like it's at a standstill. Basically meaning, we know that there's been that side of like the Leafs aren't willing to go plus, you know, over $10 million per year on a contract. And that's what Nylander's looking at. He feels like, you know, that is something he wants to get done. Now, uh, Elliot Friedman also reports that Matthews and the Leafs, it's going to get done. He is almost convinced it's going to get done. Um, but he is looking the th- big thing for him is term. And we know everyone's talking about the Leafs trying to get Matthews done for eight years. It doesn't feel like that's going to happen because the salary cap hasn't made that increase that we know is coming. So right now it looks like Matthews is going to sign between three and five years. That's what we're hearing. I would like for it to be the maximum five years. The number here is going to be interesting because, again, we keep hearing of like over 13. I'm sorry. If the Leafs are not getting eight years from Austin Matthews, he can't be maxing out on salary at this point. Sure, he can get paid more than obviously what he's getting paid now in that 11.34 range. Is he worth more than McKinnon? I think you can make that argument. 12 points, and he's at 12.6. But I don't think that this is going to get to a point where he's getting like five years, 13 and a half million dollars. I can't see the Leafs doing that, especially if they're not going to get eight years out of it. And I know, look, Os Matthews has a right to not sign for eight years. That's his right. And when you look at basically looking to get more money when the salary cap goes up, it makes a lot of sense for him to do that. Uh, I'm sure that's probably the stickler with Nylander too, because he probably feels well, if I'm signing now for eight years, I want to make sure I'm going to maximize on what I can make because the salary cap is going to go up. And that always means that the cap always goes up for the star players. Yeah, there are some guys, some players that do see a bump in their pay because the minimum salary always goes up in those cases when the salary cap goes up. But it's always the top end guys that max out more on their salary. We had that discussion, if you listen to the last episode, about you know doing the whole balance between helping the team and make sure you earn your money. This is the this is the tricky part. So with Matthews, if he were to sign for five years, that would take him into that early 30s, and then he can get one probably one last big deal, right? I, I think right now, if you're the Leafs, you're trying to get that five. You're trying to maximize your term a little bit more so you have a better idea of your long-term plan. To do this again after in three more years, not the most ideal situation. But I think the positive thing here is that it's going to likely get done between Matthews and the Leafs. 
Nylander not looking as <laughs> not looking as great when it comes to getting a deal done. It just maybe they're waiting for the Matthews one to to settle off so then they have a better idea of what they can pay Nylander. That's only only really Bradshaw Living knows at this point what uh, what they're trying to do with all that. But the important thing here is the Leafs are trying to get these deals done, and fine and hopefully they get done soon so we don't have to spend too much time wondering and debating about what these deals i want to actually talk about what these deals are what it means for this team going into that season when those deals eventually kick in let's not forget that those two players are signed next season so it's not like there's like a time clock to get these deals done before these guys hit free agency they still have technically the whole season yes you don't want to have to deal with this during the season the Bruins did that with Pasternak and it seemed to work out for the Bruins because they got him signed to that deal in the long-term deal. Uh, so the Leafs could do that. With Nylander, I'm not as convinced you can go into the season without a deal getting done just because it feels like the there's there's not this cohesiveness of what the, both the, the team and what him are trying to get done here. So... Obviously, Matthews, you like to get them both done before the season. I'm more convinced that Matthews can get done, even if it's not done before the season. But feels like they've had quite a bit of time to at least try to get this sorted out. So we'll see if the Leafs are able to get it done. Now, on the other side, I do want to talk about uh, another <laughs> assistant general manager joining the Leafs. Uh, they made that hire this week. So a little more news. Brad uh, Chilivian kind of filling out his front office a little bit more. So we'll discuss that on this other side. This is the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your team every day. David Morissuti here with Mike DeStefano on vacation. Again, remember, this is a three-day-a-week podcast now as we go into the summertime. Not a lot of news coming out. Really, like any news at this point can get talked about. We, we try to bring up great discussions on the show, but with the Leafs did have make some news. It wasn't the news I was expecting to hear because the Leafs don't have that assistant general manager to replace Spencer Carberry, who left to go and join the Washington Capitals. I thought when I saw a Leafs PR notification of news that this was going to be the replacement for Spencer Carberry because I saw Maple Leafs hire assistant general manager Derek Clancy joined the team as the assistant general manager of player personnel we know the writing joke right now is that the Leafs have a lot of assistant general managers um, I'm going to count it right now actually one two three four five assistant general managers right now maybe this is where it's I mean they also have directors like a bunch of directors too. I've been trying to figure out how many assistant general managers is enough for a team. I mean, for the Leafs, it doesn't really matter how, like there's no cap on how many much you can spend on your front office. So do we really care? Um, so he is the assistant general manager of player personnel. So a little bit on Derek Clancy for those who don't know who he is. 54 years old, was the assistant GM with the Vancouver Canucks last year. He was a pro scout with the Flames when he when True Living was there from the from the 2021-2022 season. 
this after he spent 14 seasons with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Obviously, he was a pro scout there when they won three when they won their three Stanley Cups. He was the director of pro scouting for nine seasons and director of player personnel for two seasons. And basically, Brad Living and his uh, statement said, I feel Derek is one of the premier talent evaluators in our game. He's a three-time Stanley Cup champion, played a big role as we continue to build our goal of building a championship team. And so when you look at, um, and Jim Rutherford actually brought Derek Clancy over to the Canucks because he was also the member of the jail manager there. So, um, so from people, I saw Rachel Dory tweet out that, you know, Clancy's a good blend of the old school, new school. Um, I did hear some of the jokes. Well, when you go out and you get the draft, Sidney Crosby and Nick Genny Malkin, you're going to obviously do well. But here's the thing, as we've seen in Toronto, it's not the top end guys. That's really the tough part for the management team is surrounding the top end players with the right cast to go out and win a Stanley cup. Remember when Pittsburgh eventually won that cup, how much of a grind it was when they won that cup. And then they hadn't won for a while and they hadn't won for a while. They kind of reinvented themselves a little bit and bada boom, they won two cups in a row. And obviously Clancy played a role in that. So I'm, I'm excited about the hire. I'm excited about what he can bring in terms of, you know, in that role of player personnel. Is he going to bring in a newer, a different vision maybe than what we've seen from players from uh, other front office guys in the past? So just to note, he is the pretty much in charge of player personnel, or he is working in tandem with Brad Living on player personnel decisions. If you want to know the other assistant managers, you have obviously Dr. Haley Wickenheiser, who's doing player development. She's been pretty much running the, she ran the development camp. I'm going to assume she's going to be playing a big part in their upcoming rookie tournament, which we're still waiting to hear um, the full details on, but I assume that's going to be coming out soon. You have Ryan Hardy, who is pretty much in charge of the minor league operations with the Toronto Marlies. Daryl Metcalf, as we know, he does the analytics, so hockey research and development. And then obviously Shane Dome was brought in to be a special advisor to general manager Brad Living, And yeah, so a lot of assistant general managers, but they all have specific areas that they're working with, right? Right. These aren't, it's not like, like Brandon Prinham, I would say is a secondhand man to Brad Living because he is assistant general manager, he handles contracts, day-to-day stuff with the salary cap. He is probably the most important assistant general manager out of all the ones on the Leafs because of what he does. And we always hear about Brandon Pridham all the time. So it's good that the Leafs are obviously able to bring in somebody with uh, Derek Clancy's resume. What that means for Dave Morrison, who is the director of player personnel. I'm not entirely sure he is still listed on the Leafs site, but now that look, the other thing too you have to keep in mind is Kyle Dubas could poach some of these guys from the front office to come and join in Pittsburgh. That's still a possibility. I'm, I don't think the Canucks expected Derek Clancy to leave to go enjoy the Leafs. So something to keep an eye on there. I mean, there's if you look at the Leafs um, at the Leafs team management page, it is like a lengthy list. Like those meetings. There must be like a multiple meetings because you cannot get all these people in a boardroom together. But um, obviously, some some news to keep us uh, basically focused on the Leafs during this period. We'll see what uh, what Clancy's main role will be in terms of what his vision will be like going forward with the Leafs and uh, 
how much of that influence from the Pittsburgh days he can bring and offer advice to Brad living in this sort of uh, situation right now for Toronto, a team that's just hasn't been able to reach that next step as a contender. Many great hockey minds you can get in there, the better. Obviously, we still have many decisions to have to get done this offseason. I still think there's more moves to come down. Maybe they're just waiting for the Samson off shoe to drop so then they can figure out all the rest of them because I feel like it's going to be like one after the other, after the other, after the other. And it could be a busy week. We'll see. And we'll keep you all up to date here on the Locked On These Podcasts as much as possible. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for coming and supporting the show. Continue to support the show and make sure you, you tell all your friends to come and subscribe to Locked On These Podcasts. We're going to be doing this all summer long. We're not taking a break like some other podcasts do. where They say, ah, maybe we'll do one a week or one every other week. Nope, we're here all throughout the summer. Mike will be back soon. He'll be recharged, maybe gained a few pounds. I mean, when you go to Italy, it's a little, a little hard. He's He's in like bakeries and meat shops every day i gotta stop following this guy on instagram it's getting a little tough for me but we'll be uh keeping you up to date on all of those things and i now had some people reach out to me to look and come on for a fry a fan friday episode so i'm gonna work on uh if you sent me a message i've got your message i'm just, i'm working through them i gotta go through a little bit of a process to figure out how how many people i can bring on the show how i want to do it um if you want to stay on for a full episode, good on you. Um, we might have to break it up into segments. We'll figure that out. I have a, a basically right now. I worked on a survey to make sure I'm bringing on people who are fans of the show and not just looking to get a free spot here on our platform, right? So, gonna do this properly, and uh, we'll definitely want to have as many of you on as we can throughout the summertime. This is the time where you get to have. We'll have a little bit of fun here on the show, right? Because when the season comes, it's business. It's you know, serious stuff. We got to talk about things going on each and every day. Summertime, we can relax and open things up a little bit and have a little more fun. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leaves.